0: We've been looking into our experience uh, today through the lens of these, this kind of contemplative inquiry, this finding out in as real and as direct a way what's happening. And amidst the infinite variety of that, maybe having a sense of actually the infinite depth to which that question or all three of the questions that we raised earlier can go to so in the spirit of that inquiry i thought to make uh, space uh, this evening to have a little inquiry into whatever might seem worthy of inquiring into and uh, by way of some introduction to that, I thought first, just to sh- share some reflections on
1: the nature
0: of inquiry, maybe, and the art of inquiry. So firstly, these these three questions that we invited this morning, firstly what's happening right now and like we say amidst the infinite variety of what's happening the identifying what seems to be central what's actually what's tugging on awareness and the deepening skill of identifying what's happening We tend to have initially uh, you know we tend to touch very lightly touch what 's happening and then very and quickly go to an interpretation of it, a narrative about it, a narrative that fits my mood, that fits my beliefs, that fits my self image, etc and our sense of what 's happening filtered through. My beliefs, my reactivity, and my self image isn't going to necessarily be a very accurate or a very uh, profound sense of what's happening. Then we ask him the second question how am I meeting it? Which again. It's a question that has many shades or layers for us to find out. And of course, if we open that question up a bit, how am I meeting it? What kind of attitude do I have to my experience? And of course what we're really most interested in is, is there some reactivity going on that is distorting my sense of what's happening? Or I could say, any reactivity that's making me suffer unnecessarily around what's going on. Is there some reactivity that may be so habitual that I don't initially notice it? That's creating the inner condition in which I'm experiencing what's here as impossible or as hard work or as overwhelming, or as confusing, or whatever it might be. Where the overwhelm, or the confusion, etc., maybe doesn't actually belong to the event, or to the situation, or to the feeling, but where it belongs more to the reactivity I'm bringing to it. And sometimes you might not be sure if there's reactivity. And I would say generally, if you're not sure, then there is reactivity. If there's no reactivity, if there's no overlay, then the freedom of experience unfolding, unfolding unsullied, uncorrupted, undistorted by what I'm doing to it, is abundantly clear. The, what the Buddha called the taste of freedom is unmistakable. So if one's not sure, is this, am I, am I, not I, there's a clue in there. And needs some patience sometimes, some willingness to stay and find out, to stay and find out. Of course, this third question that we asked this morning—who or what is this happening to—and of course, everyday mind. First answer, top layer, we might say, me. And initially, that might seem absolutely self-evident, and yet. Most of you will uh, know that the more one examines that sense, the the less and less self-evident this me seems to be. The more and more ambiguous it seems to be. The more I look for some real clear sense of what me is, the more that clear sense evades me. And the more I'm struck with the spaciousness the the mystery, the ambiguity of this sense of self, and yet, as I say, there's an undeniable sense of meanness to whom this seems to be happening, so we're invited to there also to be patient and see you know, to let these questions kind of mijoter, uh, to let them, yeah, soak, marinate, is the word I was looking for in French, marinate, to let them absorb the juice. Sometimes the sense of me to whom it happens, you know, we say me as if that's a fixed thing, but actually when we look there are all kinds of different me's to whom experience seems to happen. Some experiences seem to happen to a me that feels kind of small, helpless, afraid, confused. Some experiences happen to a me that feels hard, defensive, a me that needs to be right. Some experiences happen to a me that uh, gets very accommodating and submissive. And wants to please. Some experiences happen to a me that just feels confident and happy and uh, uh, excited, maybe, etc. etc. And sometimes experience happens in that inquiry in such a way as the me to whom it's happening seems like a, a hologram. Where the me, to whom it seems to be happening, seems as fluid and as ambiguous and as flickering as the experience itself. There's, an, there's an, This art of inquiry, I think, has several elements. And the first element, like uh, we said a little earlier, is presence. One can't inquire without a certain capacity to inhabit what one's inquiring into. And that presence is, like we've been cultivating, an embodied presence. So that we're attuned to what, what's, the, what's the, uh, the immediate, what's the physical sense of what's happening. It may be that the issue that I'm inquiring into is an issue to do with my life. We say, well, it doesn't matter what's happening here. What I'm concerned with is my relationship or my work. And yet, as we find out, as our practice deepens, right, actually, it may be that we find out more about our work, more about our relationship here than we do in the ideas about because you've probably already examined the ideas about your relationship, or your work, or that issue, whatever it is, many, 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 many times. Right? And the, exact, the thinking about tends, occasionally there's an original thought, right? But it, it tends to be quite circular. Right? So, the the ground of inquiry is embodied presence. With that embodied presence, a kind of openness to ideas, an openness to images, an openness to memories that arise in conjunction with the felt sense of the experience. The, those images or memories that kind of help us join up the dots All oh, right. right. This way I'm feeling, actually it's familiar to me. It's familiar from other places in my life. Ah, I remember when this happened. Ah, and we kind of, we join up the dots with our patterning, with our history or with our parenting, etc., etc. So, embodied presence openness to associations and hi- imagery and memory and then also by the kind of you know, we usually say last but not least but here it's last and least thinking mm-hmm. the thinking the reflective thinking that serves the inquiry right? the thought that, that, that comes to say what is happening now where do I feel that Oh, what's that like? Oh, I can feel myself not wanting to have that experience. I can feel the way I wish I could push it away, etc. So it's a thought that turns in a rather skillful way and a rather steady way around the subject, honing the inquiry. Oh. And the thought that as it comes to the end of each thought sort of drops into, fades into the presence, the embodied relationship. That's quite different to normal thoughts. Normal thought tends to bounce, right? It it doesn't tend to fade into presence, it tends to generate another thought. And as soon as we get some tangent, that sort of normal bouncing thought oh gets affected by a new thought and tends to go off on some uh, side street. Right? And of course, you know that experience. You start thinking about one thing and thinking to another, to another, to another. And after you've gone down a few side streets, you're in a completely different subject. And sometimes you can't remember, how did I get here? What was I thinking about before? Right. Just like playing an instrument, or just like a learning skill in a sport, or training other any other capacity, the the art of inquiry is something we train. Something we train through. Keep on, you know. Just like it's beautiful to see someone playing jazz, right? But we don 't just go straight to playing jazz you 've got to do you know someone trains in playing chords and playing chords, and the artistry actually kind of develops on its own against the certain discipline of the playing chords or scales and so in a similar way, against the certain discipline of coming back to embodied presence, coming back to that basic questioning what 's happening so the artistry the capacity to recognize connections the capacity oh to see what's relevant the capacity to drop further the capacity when we feel like we don't want to go there oh to dare to soften into that the artistry of inquiry deepens with our kind of with, with that discipline with our cultivation of that skill There's different ways to inquire. So this morning we were using that, that kind of turning of our attention curiously towards our experience. What's happening in the silence of meditation? Right? Just a kind of interior contemplative inquiry. And then this afternoon we were turning that to to each other. And noticing a couple of you who spoke reported on it how there's something that gets potentised in the naming, in the speaking, in the being seen by another in the being held by another's gaze and so there's that capacity of, uh, we could say uh, using the context of uh, spiritual friendship to support our inquiry. So as the day had unfolded like that, I thought to uh, use the opportunity this evening to further explore inquiry in, in terms of the uh, an accomp- accompanied inquiry. So uh, in the light of that, I, that's what the special guest seat is for. And uh, if there's anything that you feel would be worthy of... Uh, worthy is not the right word. Anything that you'd like to discuss, explore, inquire into, then, of course, you're very warmly invited to come and hang out with me here and explore a little. Some of you have uh, have done the, the online course with me, or actually the urban course as well, called Work, Sex, Money, Dharma. So you if and if you haven't you might get from that title that I'm kind of open <laughs> to themes and uh, the themes may be those arising directly out of your meditation experience here though they, they may be themes arising out of uh difficult circumstances or inspiring circumstances in your life they may be arising out of a kind of, um, a sort of a philosophical itch in you. But what about this? What about this, whatever the, your this is? And my only uh, um, guidance in terms of the theme is that we explore themes that feel real to you. I feel like that they're themes that you're really engaged with, rather than being themes of some abstract curiosity.